Hello and welcome to this second podcast in our new series, Back of the Net Asset Value. My name's Adam Lewis and today, alongside my co-manager, Julian Marr, we're thrilled to be joined by John Hustleby, who is Head of Multi-Asset at Lion Trust Asset Management. John, thanks so much for coming in today. Hello there. Julian, um, before we sort of kick off, I believe you have a word from our sponsor, Committed Asset Management. That's right, Adam. As you say, it is a word from our sponsor, ESG Pioneer Committed Asset Management, and that word is indeed Pioneer today. Handily, they, uh, the chairman's provided a definition of Pioneer in the context of ESG. Pioneer is anyone who has been doing it for more than three years. So that's good news for Committed, because I believe they started in January 2020. So there you go, Committed Asset Management. We pretend to care so you don't have to. Warning, the value of your investment may go down as well up, but frankly, what else did you think was going to happen? Adam, back to you. Right. Right. Before we uh, get into a bit of a Q&A with John on getting some advice from the uh, the multi-asset world on our team, let's get the painful stuff out of the way first, shall we, and have a look at week one for Back of the Nav. Um, shortly after revealing a starting 11 on LinkedIn and after the deadline passed on Friday, a Haalandless team was quickly reeling after the Norwegian notched twice in City's 3-0 win v Burnley. Saturday then saw other highly owned assets such as Saka score well, and it was no great surprise the team was firmly fourth quartile by Saturday night. Sunday offered the chance of some catch up, but a blank from Son and then Moe's disallowed goal, tempered returns, as did the blank from Chelsea striker Jackson, made that bit more painful from points left on the bench from Villas Watkins. So bring on Monday night and all hope rested with our captain choice in Bruno Fernandes. However, <laughs> as United only saw off a much better than expected Wolves, a six-pointer from Bruno left back of the nav with a meagre return of just 44 points in game week one. To put this in context, the average team score for the week was 49, leaving the team sitting firmly at the bottom of the rankings, both globally and our leagues. Jules, sum up your thoughts on game week one. And I think you've had a bit of listener feedback that needed addressing about how long you've been playing. Yeah, we did. I actually got a text. Um, I'm afraid I don't know who it was from because it's obviously somebody from way, way back in the in the day. But they were uh, they were pointing out that Fancy League uh, started in the 1990s. I think we actually accepted that. Um, they said that pretty sure Fancy Football started in the early 90s in the Telegraph because I worked with them in 96, 97 for the first ever Fancy Formula One. Um, so thanks for that. And I apologise for not replying because I don't know who it was. It could just be someone trying to get my details. Uh, but there, uh, you never know. Um, and I do actually, I think I did a play in the mid 90s because I used to have a very residual memory of um, of, of never uh, drafting in super sub Paul Warhurst at, uh, I think it was, at Sheffield Wednesday. So that really is a long time back. Maybe that 93, 94 even. Um, so yes, I think I was dallying around there, but took it seriously from 2000 onwards. Um, as for our team, um, I thought I would uh, try and make it sound satisfying, a bit more scientific, uh, talking in terms of uh, performance attribution. Um, that's using the word performance very loosely. I think it was mathematically possible. Back of the net asset value would have been fifth quartile last week. It was truly, truly dreadful. Um, you know, the word, you, you, you could you could there are some excuses. We 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 follow the team, the, the benchmark team, which was um, if you remember, we we try and construct the the most highly owned team possible. Benchmark team got uh, seventy seven points last week. Um, of Anana, Stupinan, Stones, Gabriel, 
Uh, Botman, Saka, Rashford, Matoma, Fernandez, Easy, Haaland, and Watkins. So that that was just uh, just uh, frightening. Not least the uh, Nana nine points, which I'm particularly upset about. Uh, felt like there was a bit of a mugging going on in the penalty area for Man United, and uh, all my uh, closest opponents had uh, um, Anana. I'm afraid I had Pickford as well as Nasser Savali. Um, so there we go. Um, what to do? I just I think Adam summed it up beautifully. Pickford. His time will come. Chilwell could have done so much better. Guardiol, I confess I heard the team leak beforehand, but thought I wouldn't mess around. That seemed to be a slight against the rules. But does Adam raise another topic for further down the line, this idea? There's a few people I notice on some of the websites discussing these leaks as the equivalent of insider trading. I'm not sure. I think it's actually using all fully available information. Once it's out in the market, it's out in the market, regardless of who, how many few people uh, or how many people have uh, know about it. But I guess we can uh, we can discuss that further when we bring in somebody from the FCA uh, to discuss their love of fancy league and my uh, attempts at upsy downsy clauses. Um, who else do we have? Uh, Sala, uh, Son. He well, we had the right uh, right Spurs, wrong player. Uh, Martinelli was fine. Fernandez. Oh, just I think we may have to rethink that one. Add. Easy, apparently easy, had um, some of the, the, the most chances, I think I read, since since a player in 2005. So, um, you know, again, right player, wrong wrong outcome. There are no bad decisions, Adam, no bad decisions. Um, Jackson, oh, maybe that was coming close. But so, uh, again, he had three big chances, um, just didn't come anywhere near the goal with them. Watkins were left on the bench because, hey, it was that kind of week, and at least Pedro scored. So uh, that was... Uh, as we said, um, quite depressing, but uh, at least you're getting a sense of Adam and my usual phone calls on a Friday, which is a fancy league as therapy session. Uh, I'm looking ahead just so you'd have a chain, though, the, the benchmark. Um, it has changed a little. I, I did have a think about this. Am I right to change the benchmark without any minus points? Because it's all theoretical. And I was thinking, well, I suppose uh, the indices change without any penalties. So um, we will do that, too. So um, out goes Stones uh, for obvious reasons, because we think he's injured which means Shaw comes in as the next Firestone. And I've been a bit sneaky. I put in two 4.0s, Bulldog and Bell, um, as uh, as makeweights because Salah is edging 29.1. I mean, it's really getting close to what I would be our... Um, uh, where we're no longer we're not allowed to pick him in the back of the net asset value but at 29.1 that was just before we came on air so I'm going to stick with that which is why you'll see him in our team going up against Bournemouth at home uh, but he's also in the benchmark team annoyingly otherwise we might have made some um, might have uh, recouped some ground Easy's uh, still there um, Harland's obviously there and uh, this time uh, Watkins goes out replaced by Pedro who's 26 almost 27% owned so a few changes there um who knows, Adam, can we do as bad in game week two as we did in game week one? I guess we'll see. Yes, we'll see. Don't forget, though, we can hold Mo up until he gets hits 40% because that was our selling screen. So as long as we bought him in below oh. below 30%. So no, I think we'll, we'll have, probably be OK. We don't have to sell him yet. So look, rather than get too downhearted, <laughs> I think things can only get better. They can't get much worse, although maybe... Uh, value asset managers uh, for, for that ten year day, ten year period could probably tell you things could get worse, um, but we knew being different to the pack performance was going to be wildly different. So already the experiment is working to an extent. So how do we turn the fortunes in our favour? Well, this is where we bring in our first guest, John Hustleby. John, I don't want to age your investment experience, but it's fair to say you've been running multi-asset a fair amount, a good amount of time. 
probably before the actual Premier League was founded about 35 years ago. Um, that's true, Adam. That's true, yeah. Well, I had to bring in the football analogy. Yeah. Um, so my first question would be, now I know you've played fantasy football before. Let's get straight to it. Do you see any crossovers between creating a successful fantasy team and running multi-asset funds? Well, yeah. Well, first of all, uh, it's great to be on uh, your first guest. Um, hopefully, I can change your your fortunes around. But uh, anyway, let's 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 see. Um, yes, I've, I've played, as you said, played football uh, fantasy before. My team was called um, uh, Paxton Road FC, uh, and uh, perhaps we can maybe talk about that a bit later and the, and and uh, the, the fortunes of uh, Paxton Road FC. So straight away, I think I've just revealed uh, my hand in terms of uh, the team I support, the team where I have a, a season ticket and uh, uh, often bump into you, Adam, as well. So we're both Tottenham. Yeah. Although, um, obviously, your your listeners can't see, but you're not wearing a Tottenham shirt today. You're wearing an England shirt. So uh, obviously, for uh, sponsoring the, uh, supporting the, the Lionesses for, uh, for their World Cup, uh, endeavors but um i think there is uh, crossovers and i but but the, before we talk about the crossovers i think you've also got to basically point out the one big difference and the one big difference is that uh football fancy league the time horizon is very short term you're playing it over a season which is what uh august through to may that's 10 months okay so whereas with an investment approach you know uh, and i suppose it's almost like a, a disclaimer here for when the fca come calling on you uh, uh jules uh the, uh, <laughs> that uh, that you know for investment approach you know, you're thinking you know 7 to 10 years but uh, you know so perhaps we are talking uh, a little bit more about speculation rather than investment however you know, the crossovers you're talking about are the ones which are really i suppose are around you know building a team uh, or, or constructing a portfolio of funds in my case i don't necessarily think this is multi asset this is probably more multi manager because you know the primary thing that has in common here is diversification getting the right blend of funds for us so the right styles and for you guys when you're picking your fancy team you know getting the right balance i often use with my clients that analogy of you know we're like uh, an international uh, sort of uh, uh, manager, you know, Gareth, Gary Southgate, if you want, uh, you know, in terms of being able to select from any club, any club in the world, any player, uh, and put them together without any transfer fees, which is, uh, um, which is, which is obviously a big advantage in in that in that aspect. I think the next thing is, you know, active and you know, active management. I said last week, you've said again today that, you know, if you want to win, you have to do something different. You need an edge um, and an edge which uh, perhaps, uh, you know, uh, it, it needs uh, needs a bit of time to construct. Perhaps you perhaps you should have started the podcast sort of six weeks in advance to get some some tips. <laughs> Uh, perhaps, it, perhaps, uh, perhaps that may have been an approach, but uh, far be it from me for for the experts uh, to to, uh, to to argue with that. But once you've got that uh, sort of edge, you know, you need a plan. You need to stick with it. Now, you know, if I think about our approach, 
uh, to building portfolios, uh, then it's top down. And, you know, and then to think about the similarities in that respect, strategic asset allocation, well, you've got that. Um, in, in your case, that's thinking about how you're going to put the team together. Are you going to have an attack inside, defensive side? And of course, that will change week by week. And one, one tip I would give you straight away is basically look at uh, previous season's results. Look at the results uh, of previous seasons. It does give you a clue and it gives you a clue to to basically, you know, teams that, you know, I mean, you know, um, there are teams that come to Spurs and we think well, we often play well against them or we play badly against them, vice versa. So I think that's, that's quite a big tip. Uh, and, uh, you know, when it comes to your tactical certification, you know, you've got to think about the formation and you think of, uh, about your player selection. And then there is fun selection for us or your player research, which, you know, I think is both uh, both quant and qualitative. I mean, uh, equally, uh, and I'm not sure Jules knows this, but Adam, I've talked to you this about before. We've done podcasts about this before. As you know, in my uh, or in the way that we look for uh, uh, look for funds and fund managers, we, we use the acronym Spurs. Which stands for uh, stamina. Yeah, I knew you love it, Jules. I mean, uh, you could use it, Jules, too. Um, stands for stamina, process, understanding, res- resoluteness, and stimulus, which we think, I think, basically uh, tends to basically stand apart the most successful successful managers. Now, um, so not not at all crowbarred in at all. Uh, that, no, that came across very naturally. The five. Uh, and- by the way, also we have. I have to give a sort of a hat tip here to to uh, uh, my colleague uh, Simon Hildry, which who both uh, you know uh, you know him very well. It was he who came up with that in the first place. So to to claim to claim that would would be wrong. So I always try to throw Hildry in at uh, at some point for uh, for credit in that respect. Now um, I think the other thing is then uh, in, when it's thinking about a fund selection, you know we have to think about in-house selection. So we have to think about, you know, would we select a Lion Trust fund or not? And in that case, you know, there is greater justification, greater scrutiny in that, uh, you know, you have to basically justify it. Interestingly, when I was playing um, uh, Football Fantasy League, um, you know, uh, uh, I excluded Arsenal players. Um, on the basis, I felt very, very difficult for me uh, to to basically sort of uh, support um, an Arsenal player to get me points. So, uh, despite that, uh, still that exclusion in my process, I still managed to win win the league. I think one of the, the you, I, uh, I think one of the important points, one of the similarities that we both have. Uh, in running a successful portfolio, running a successful team, is to have a strong bench, and I think that's something that you guys clearly, clearly, uh, uh, clearly recognise. And then, what about the overall budget? Well, you know, you'll have an overall budget in terms of players and how much you can spend. We still have an overall budget when we're running portfolios. Getting that balance between active and passive, you know, it's the overall cost, the OCF that uh, uh, we. Um, uh, you know, we we are obviously very much uh, concentrate on. So, I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's um, uh, you know it's important to to know what you own and why you own it. Not only in uh, investment terms, but also in uh, football fantasy league terms as well. Hopefully, there's something in there that that may have sort of rung a bell and help helps one way or another. 
Well, I think first of all, thank you for taking this seriously, and you know, you know, well, I, I thought, almost... I thought we were taking it seriously. I want you to win, guys. Well, yeah, okay. Well, I think that may be pushing our luck now after that first week. <laughs> but it is no, it's good. It's good to see that we are. I mean, apart from what what felt like a, a number of barbed insults uh, liberally sprinkled through your commentary towards <laughs> us, I thought that was um, yes, tremendous. Thanks so much, John. <laughs> <laughs> There's a question I think that comes out of our our recent experience, and. Um, it's something I've, I've noticed on uh, in, in the investment world. A sort of, um, I think it's called style drift. I keep wanting to call it mission creep. I think they're probably the same similar sort of thing. Where um, there've been fewer fewer value oriented funds through the uh, through the years as values had a pretty tough ten years, and um, fund managers have gone into contortions um, to move away from well, we are value to growth at a, a reasonable price, growth at a vaguely acceptable price. Okay, let's face it, we're growth managers, and it all moves on like. That. And I found myself as I as I was looking at the, some of the figures today, thinking, "Gosh, I wonder if we can just push this back to a thirty five percent ownership, or maybe we can get I don't know how we get Harlan in. Regardless, he's up to over ninety percent now. But um, John, in terms of uh, what, what what does style drift mean to you as 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 a as, as a multi asset as a guru? I mean, and how, how important is it? What is it? How do you, how do you keep an eye on it? Well, I think, I mean, you know, I think Sardrift is all important. I think, uh, again, you know, if you're taking a football analogy, often we do take football analogies when we're, we're talking to clients. Um, you know, I think uh, the simpler of the explanation, the better. You know, it's, it's important that clients understand, uh, you know, uh, how, how we invest. And uh, I think, you know, I suppose the analogy you would use to some extent if you were, uh, you know, if you were, um, you know, picking a team, you know, to play on the pitch, you know, you, you wouldn't have five goalkeepers. So, you know, you you know, you would have a, a goalkeeper and in, indeed in defence, you'd have a balance in defence, a balance in midfield and balance uh, up front. So uh, when it comes to selecting funds, you know, um, broadly speaking, uh, our categories are one of growth, one of quality, value and small cap and looking to get that blend, uh, um, you know, at the appropriate blend all the time. And, uh, you know, that's not to say that we won't take sort of tactical tilts with that. So when a, a manager and typically, you know, uh, it, it occurs with a change of manager, uh, maybe a change of uh, ownership or, or in terms of uh, for management company. But typically, you know, uh, we see this sort of style drift when you when you see those changes and that will give us cause for concern. And that would basically uh, uh, start a process of, of review but as i said before you know or as i was saying earlier on you know that's the point when you've got to have a strong bench that's the point when you've got to know well you know if that uh, is is no longer suitable what do i replace it with you don't want to spend you know the next six to 12 months thinking about a suitable replacement um you know you've, you've got to have that uh, uh you've got to have that decision already made it's interesting because because coming back to your point earlier about obviously the major difference between what we're doing and what you're doing is you know this 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 is a one season game this is August to or August to May and I I was thinking initially almost like well it's a thirty eight game week we could treat it as though games that you know 
it's a 38 year investment. So the last week, you know, within the last few weeks, we start trying to sort of become more defensive and things like that. But that would only be if we were doing particularly well. Right. Um, You know, we're, we're, we're not in a, we're not in a sort of uh, drawdown income uh, sort of, trying to defend our returns. Unfortunately, in our instance, we are trying to win it. But I did think if there was any ways, and I think sometimes when you're you are top of the league in this game, you sometimes do find yourself becoming unnecessarily defensive to try and protect those returns. I think I think that's wrong in any sport. I think you I think you stick to your process. I stick I think you stick to the way you play. You know, apart from obviously football being a, a you know a something which you know I'm, I have a passion for. Yeah, you know the other the other game as you know well know is is golf for me as well. And the number of times people try to protect their lead, you know, in the final round, uh, only to play a different style. Of golf they're not used to and uh, you know I think you've got to stick to process I mean you know you said that you started off um, you know, uh, week one, not as uh, not as well as you, you you hoped for, and you know, I think uh, I think the key word here is patience for me. You know, uh, you know I suppose to to bring it back to to those crossovers again. You know, past performance is certainly not a guide to to future results. Is something I I think you guys got to stick in mind. Now, <laughs> now I, I I've stood on the I've stood and sat on the on the terraces in the stands with you, uh, Adam. So uh, you know, uh, and. Uh, I know you can get quite emotional. Um, so uh, I think another thing I would say is, you know, uh, you know avoid the panic and, and try and uh, you know stay in control of your your emotions. It's uh, you know everybody has the the wits about them to, to to win, but but not everybody has the sort of stomach for it. And that's certainly true in terms of investment management. I think the the fourth part of our sort of investment process, uh, the fourth stage, is very much the review process. You know, what went right, what went wrong. I often think it's a little bit like, you know, most of the pop songs you hear, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, something's either gone bad in their life or well in their life and uh, they write about it. Well, I think you can write about it too in terms of, you know, when you're making your decisions, you know, actually write them down uh, in terms of your changes as well, why you put players in, why you took players out. And that would help you with your review process, really. I think uh, review process, you know, learning from mistakes, learning from failure, again, is something that, you know, I think uh, is is uh, a part of the process uh, that will um, that will work work well. I mean, I suppose the other the other thing as well is that Again, you know, uh, when it comes to the financial markets, there's always something to worry about. And I think in your in your in your team, there'll always be something to worry about. But in the short term, you know, uh, for markets in particular, they're often driven by sentiment rather than the fundamentals. So, you know, stick with the fundamentals, stick with your process, I think, is the uh, is the answer here. If I had my review book right now, I know it would be telling me to never keep placing faith in James Ward-Prowse. So maybe he'd be one that we uh, that we avoid when he's at West Ham Jules. Um, coming back to fantasy football then, sort of, John, you know, what made you stop playing? Um, you know, and is it something that you miss? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think first of all, uh, you know, I said, you know, the, the name of my team was Paxton Road FC. Um, and uh, so, um, you know, I I retired um, my uh, football fantasy league 
uh, in uh, in 2016. And I think it was the following year or year uh, after that that Paxton Road was actually demolished uh, for uh, to make room for a, uh, the stadium to move, you know, ever so slightly northwards uh, at, at Tottenham. So, so you know, that that was partly the decision that that uh, I'd have to change the name of my team. But um, I, I suppose you could say that I'm sort of technically retired. I think, uh, you know, uh, whilst I was sort of you know most delighted to to win the league and that league. I'm not talking about a global one because I think you have to be pretty special to do that. Although I didn't do too badly, uh, you know, it was uh, definitely uh, uh, top decile in terms of my score. But I, I remember it was pretty exhausting. It's all time consuming. This, I mean, you know, uh, if if you're gonna, I mean, I have a real, as I said, I have a real passion for football and playing fantasy league. I think you know, um, I think you have to take seriously and. And taking it seriously, particularly if you're competing. I mean, the company one, which had you know a, a number of people in it, um, is 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 competing against your your colleagues. So you have to be committed, and you know everybody knows you know where you are in the league. So you know you can you can take the view of you know I don't care, but you know I, I think if you if you're going to be in it, then you then you you've got to try and try and try and win it. I think it. I think the other thing about it is it makes you watch the game very, very differently. And I'm, I suppose, Julian, you know, this is probably where you get the sort of, we move away from the humour bit into the serious bit. I think it definitely makes you, um, you know, want individuals to win rather than teams to do well. And I don't know whether, Julian, that's something, you know, throwing it right back at you. And I know I'm not the host here, but I don't know whether that's something that that you see in the game, that, you know, you, you sit there with a bit of a conflict of interest from time to time. You know, sitting in the sands, I've got my season ticket. I'm watching the, my team play. I'm wanting them to win. But at the same time, you know, I, I I'll have may have a player, most likely have a player from the opposition. I want him to do well at the, t- at the same time. So I find myself thinking, well, a nil-nil draw will do us really well here. You know, that will give us a point and I'll get some points over here. So, you know, I, I, there is frustration, there's stress involved. And, of course, there's, there's that, that, that great deal of, um, you know, random luck as well. But, you know, I, I think, as I said, it, it, I think it just changes the way you watch the game. Yeah, no, for sure. I think with, I'm sorry, and I'm not sure I'm happy you bring up Ward Prowse early in the season as well, having moved on from Southampton, but there we go. I, um, yeah, I, I definitely began to feel, well, last season didn't matter so much because Southampton just generally lost anyway, so I didn't feel so bad about it. You kind of just to book, book that in. But uh, yeah, there were plenty of times where I'm thinking, you know, well, I would settle for a, a captain scoring a goal here against Southampton. Um, I think there is a flip side to that, which um, the, the mother of my children uh, would point out is that what, I think which one of the things she hates, and there's many things she hates about Fancy League, is the way that um, it, it, it gives me an interest in more than one game. So back in the day, I was keeping an eye on Southampton Hampton and possibly West Ham for my sense. Uh, but now, of course, I can find something to be interested in, in you know, I would say Sheffield uh, against Luton, but that's always a burn Luton that's not on this this weekend. But the fact that I even know that. Uh, so I, I'm afraid I, I, I end up watching that ridiculous game on um, on Monday night. I mean, I, God, it, it felt so topsy-turvy. But yeah, I would never have bothered watching yeah, United Wolves in the past. And of course, I was, by the end, I was desperately praying, praying, praying for that penalty peak to be given um, against poor old Danana. So yes, I'm, I'm afraid I've become a lunatic thanks to a fancy league and it is something I need to keep an eye on. <laughs> it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because I remember... Um... Uh, a number of years ago, uh, you probably were at the game, John. I remember when we beat, um, uh, I, 
was it Port? Was it who was it? We beat nine one. Was it Portsmouth or one team? And a Defoe's oh, come on, five. stop trying to stop trying to pretend that Spurs do that so often. No, I know. I know it's rare. No, I think it was a poll. I think we beat Hull nine one. And I think um, no, it wasn't. I, I know now it was Wigan. Um, and and Defoe anyway. scored five, and I hadn't captained him, and I was mortified. <laughs> You know, I should have been enjoying this incredible win, but I was I was castigating myself for not picking this guy as captain. Or, you know, like Captain you know, Defoe. I was very happy with that. I was even I was sporting Spurs that day. <laughs> and it, you know, that, you're right. I've just I've just Googled it for you. Fourteen years ago, Adam. There we go. Fourteen years and I still, still that's that's the one I remember. I'm still gutted I didn't captain him. Mm. Um and yeah, you're you know the it's it's watching out for assists um, and 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 things like that um, when they're not given. But just to bring that back to sort of home bias in sort of sort of some ways, John, you sort of mentioned that um, one of your sort of preferences in sort of fantasy football was maybe not to hold Arsenal players. That's something I have sort of. You know, it's, it's another thing that hurts. But you know, I have got Saka and I have long held Arsenal assets, and they've done me quite well. My problem is when it comes to Spurs assets. You know, as I said in the first podcast, I'm either too, I'm either too bullish, or as the season goes on, too bearish on them in sort of some ways. And that's why it's good to have sort of jewels as, as almost my Spurs sense check. But no. you know, is 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 that something? You know, we 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 know sort of you know the the the. the in, in multi-asset, holding your your own groups, funds, and sort of stuff like that. So, is home bias something we have to we have to monitor? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think so. I mean, as I said, you know, hold, hold your own funds is uh, you know there is a uh, there could be advantages and, and and disadvantages of that. There is uh, there's always a, a conflict of interest to, to bear in mind as well. But um, you know, uh, I said I think the the funds under our own noses, you know, you're always going to have to justify more than uh, the ex- the sort of uh, the third party funds that you invest because you know uh, you know uh, I, I probably you know the majority, if not every single meeting you go to. Um, when you're you know, uh, updating clients, they will see the portfolio. And funny enough, you know, the first thing they'll say is, you know, why are you holding that line trust fund in? So it's always got to be justification. I think the other thing as well is that, um, you know, it's about uh, funds that, that that are different, not necessarily better, and um, funds that are different that you know, combine together to do better. And that's, you know, I suppose that really is is what you're looking for in terms of, you know, not following the herd um, and looking for players that do something different. I mean, I think, you know, uh, and another thing that perhaps, you know, you, I, I know you touched upon this last week a little bit, but I still think that I think you you probably got to decide on, on your, on your style of management here. And, uh, you know, you know, are you going to be the tinkerman? You know, are you going to be sort of, you know, week in, week out, make, making changes? Now, last week, Julian, you spoke about sort of a passive approach, you know, sort of almost a buy and hold. I mean, I, I remember one of our colleagues used to do it year in, year out and uh, fail miserably on the basis he made no changes at all. Uh, uh, basically, injuries, lack of form, and transfers basically meant that by the end of the season, he was he was barely getting any points. I mean, I mean, and that's that's no no exaggeration. Or, or finally, I suppose you know the, the the third approach is one of 
you know, be more data driven, you know, like like I suppose like central banks, if you want to bring it back to uh, um, back to investment, um, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you've read Moneyball. Uh, but if you haven't, then um, that mm-hmm. should be your uh, your your homework for the week. Um, and Moneyball, you know, for me is is basically what you're trying to achieve here, really, at the end of the day, you're looking for value for money, you're looking for things, you know, which are not necessarily on the radar, they're just off the radar. And I think the way that Moneyball thinks, and, and again, I, I sort of must credit Simon Hildry. That's well, how many times I've given him a name shout now. That's a, too, too many is the too answer many. to that one. Okay. So, but you know, he, he, he pointed out when obviously you know Harry Kane left uh, 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 the weekend. You know, what were Spurs going to do? And if you took a classic sort of play for Moneyball, you don't think about replacing Harry Kane directly. You basically think, well, what did Harry Kane give to you? You know, 15, 20 goals a season. How can I replace them and replace them in a different way? So um, I, I think you're probably more of the, the latter of star, style of management, which is uh, which is uh, which is money ball. I, I would I would have thought um, is, is going to be your style. Well, if we are the money ball style, Julian, I'll, I'll, I'll take the Brad Pitt role. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get we'll get special effects involved. That's why this is a podcast, mate. Um, but yeah, although I, I think that tr- tr- there's a question of some of the parts. I mean, is, was it not Spurs who sold on bail, which was equivalent, I think, of selling on an iPhone and bu- buying a tape recorder, a camera, a torch, it's an, an address book, etc., and a, an old school phone? But yeah, we'll say yes. Well, it, it's it's less than that we will have a style by at some point. <laughs> Was it not a plastic cup and a piece of string, Julian? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. I think yeah, I mean, it's, it's just some other thoughts. If you want me to throw them yeah. around, don't you? Uh, you know, whilst you whilst you're taking notes. Um, yeah, so, we can always edit this out later. You know, uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> whilst you're awake, um, but I, I think you're. I also think. Uh, I mean, I do. I suppose the question for you guys: Do you play? Uh, have you got your own individual teams as well as this team? Yes. Right. So yes. uh, own up 44 was it 44 points for this team? Yeah. Yeah. So how many did you get individually? Mine was 75. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh. mine, mine was mine was 78. So, so, um, so I mean, some real conflicts of interest here, guys. You know, you, you know, what, what, who are you playing for here? I mean, you know, managing two teams—is that allowed? I mean, you know, is this, is this one? No, of no, the... no. We're we're we're, yeah. we're advising the editor of uh, of portfolio advisor Lauren Hardy, um, which we accept, <laughs> given that that's very close to Laurel and Hardy. It sums up our management style at the moment, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, but um, I think it's no. I, I believe I believe we're in the rules here. Um, I'm more worried about um, FPL tires coming to call than the FCA at the moment but I believe this is in the rules we are purely advisors uh, to to Lauren and the good good folk of Portfolio Advisor um, but yes we're, we're definitely playing our own teams um, I think it's, um, it's 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 purely because we set ourselves um, that that mandate um, which this is why I'm not sobbing too much into the uh, into my pillow each night is, is I think we were setting this up not so I, I think it's nice that Adam thought we might win or get close to winning but I'm, I'm not sure I ever thought once you take Harland and co out of the equation Harland Rashford and yeah. uh, Saka we we, we we had the best of hopes but um, I think it's more to set up these talking points are further down the line and they do just keep coming but uh, yes uh, I, I clearly the, the fact that I got 75 and I got 78 and um, back of the net as the value got uh, uh, 44 suggestions the two heads in this instance are not better than one but uh, there we go so it is interesting though coming back to that conflict of interest because um while 
semi happy with my with, with my own team. You know, the, the the difference is is that if if I look at everyone at the moment, you know, Jules said he's got seventy eight, I've got seventy five. The pack is very very close. Those yeah. who've gone above have have gone early and maybe played a chip. Bench boosts have got them up to ninety one points and things like that. Um, so you can go early and sort of you sort of try and do this quite quickly. But I did find myself on Monday night really rooting for players in back of the nav. You know, I you know I I was I was pleased that Harland had done well for my own team, but semi gutted <laughs> that the experiment you know for for, well, for, for back of the nav had sort of. But it it, it gives us these talking points. Yeah, I'm I'm just glad in the sort of you know season one episode two I've got the fact out that you guys have got a massive conflict of interest between your own team and this team, and I think you know to take it seriously, guys. I think you've got to you've got to drop your individual uh, sort of expectations and just concentrate on this team. Take it seriously. So what, so what you're saying no, is what you're saying is we have to invest own, in our own fund. I don't invest. That was about, that's the point I'm about to make. And once again, I don't invest in my own portfolio. I invest in my funds, my pension fund, my savings are all in the fund I run day to day. So, again, I think, you know, if you're looking for tips from investment, I think that's one. You know, you've got to eat your own cookie. You've got to eat your own soup in that, in that respect. I think the other the other thing I, I also like to throw in as I'm sort of giving you guys hopefully a bit of a hard time um, is um, – that most successful teams tend to have you know a, a good staff around them. So you know you, you've got you know joint managers. I'm assuming unless unless Jules is the chairman, which uh, which joint may, managers, which always in his own head, Jules is the chairman. Yeah, which, which could be the vote of confidence a bit. But anyway, but I think you need coaches and scouts, and I think that you should consider some 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 specialists. So uh, you need someone to look at goalkeepers, you need someone to look at defence, someone midfield, someone forwards to take some of this pressure off you guys. Uh, you know, get yourself some some uh, some other people to to help you and, and focus on that. You know, uh, um, you know, I think. Um, you know, one of the one of the things which I'm sure it's a it's a regular thing that everyone does is that you know if you can find the goalkeeper who takes the penalties, free kicks, and corners, then you know I think you know you're on, you're on for a winner there. But uh, you know perhaps that that may be uh, um, uh, uh, added added to the team if you can uh, you know get some get some volunteers to sort of focus on those sort of four areas and give you some give you some hints and and uh, uh, some player ideas perhaps week in week out. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think it, 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 it's food for thought. I mean, it's, it's possible that we're spending about three days a week on Fantasy League. Some might consider that, that that's enough to be going on with. And I guess the only thing I would say, John, is that, is of course, I'm assuming you don't just run one multi, a multi-asset fund. Is it? What have we got? Passive growth, passive intermediate, yep. passive intermediate. So I think, you know, you, you know, you know, it's, uh, we, I think you, if you, if you can, man- if you can manage to run 78 multi-asset funds as you do, I think Adam and I can manage two, two, two teams I'll, each. But I'll do that with a team, Jim. And so, you know, yeah. uh, you yeah. see, so, so that and hence the reason why, you know, in terms of my specialists, um, you know, they won't be sort of uh, uh, goalkeeper defence midfield, but they'll certainly be equity bonds and alternatives. And within that, we'll have people who will will perhaps look closely at perhaps US equities, UK equities, and others will look at different parts as well. So, you know, trying to get a little bit of uh, specialisation into there as well. 
or, or maybe to sort of to, to sort of bring this back and maybe a defensive more self and Julian, what we're doing is we're running, we, we are, we, we are, we're basically just running active and passive money. And at the moment, um, our passive approach, which is following the template a little bit more, is succeeding. And hopefully, you know, and at the moment, the uh, the the active approach is is stumbling. But you know, we 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 we're just running two different styles of money. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know. you're not taking us down in, in game week two, Huss, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I get back uh, back on the roster for uh, yeah. for uh, episode 38, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, one for one for the uh, one for, for, for the future, Adam, is that let, let, let's not pick too many guests who try and torpedo the entire experiment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all supposed to be helpful. You know? No, no, it's good Positive and it's good. Feedback. Positive feedback. It's it's feedback anyway. <laughs> well, with all this in mind, then we're going to head into game week two. And as our active rules have already stated, we are duty bound hits to take. Uh, we are duty bound to take hits as we target returns from standards from certain fixtures. Um, I don't know about you, Jules, but for me, the standout fixture this week could be Liverpool Bournemouth, despite Bournemouth doing quite well on the weekend, getting a point against West Ham. Um, we're not, we're not, we don't have time to run through all the changes that we're going to make um, going into in game week two. But any any thoughts um, that just jump off the page? Yeah, well, we've obviously got Salah. I'm not sure we could have got the funds to bring in Trent, but we can take a look at that. And then, really, I'm, I'm not sure there's a thing of Klopp roulette just yet. But it's 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 picking. Um, you know, the, the, I'd be astonished if we didn't uh, get a second um, a second attacking Liverpool player in there, whether it's Gakpo, Diaz, uh, Jota, even Whisper it quietly. Bless him, Darwin and uh, Nunez, and we'll see where we go there. But I, I think it's um, yeah, there's definitely some some fun and games to be had there. And, and I suppose that's the other point, which I, I, is quite an interesting. I think it's quite interesting point of uh, of fancy league this season is that in, in a time when football games have gone up from 91, 92 minutes to somewhere up towards 100 minutes, you are in a world where you're looking at perhaps getting um, 40, 40 minutes out of a sub, and 40 minutes out of a sub who's playing against much tired, more tired people. So suddenly, as I say. That at that point, someone like Nunes does become interesting, especially if you could ever kick a ball towards uh, the goal uh, rather than either side of it. So um, that's I think that, that, that that's the Liverpool game. I, I don't think it's you know I think it's, there's a few people thinking like that, which is why uh, Salah's back up to thirty percent ownership, uh, certainly targeting that one. But um, I think that's the way where we'll be looking. Yeah, no, definitely. Listen, it could have been worse. You know, in one of one of the early drafts, we did have De Bruyne as our key differential. And, um, you know, he's now out for four months. So, yeah, you know, I would, have, I would have tinkered at that point. Believe me, I would have shot him before then. Um, for those who do want to follow team selection, um, it will always be made live on LinkedIn shortly after the deadline passes on Friday. So you can go and have a quick look at that. Um, conscious of time. So really, it just leaves me to sort of thank John for coming in today. Um, if you, I think John's putting up his hands to make a point. Yeah, I think I've, I've got one final bit of advice if you if you want it. But yeah, no, uh, brilliant. Well, you, might, well, you might just cut it out. I mean, <laughs> Do uh, we have a choice? <laughs> <laughs> well, you might cut it out at the end. Who knows? But yeah, so I think I think uh, I think one thing I think you bear in mind is you know in investment they say you know uh, invest with your head, not with your heart. And I think basically in fantasy league that works really quite well. You know, uh, play with your head, not not with your heart, and uh, you know, and don't fall in love with your players. Yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely. Well, I've never fallen in love with James Will Prowse. Um, 
John, you're now a fully fledged member of the backroom staff. Uh, that doesn't give you non-executive pay, um, but um, Julian, always a pleasure. And let's hope for a better run out this week. Thanks, guys, for coming in. Thank Thanks you. so much.